You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Susanna Duffy here with you again and joined, of course, by... um, the wonderful 3CR historian, his and her historian, our historian. Good morning, Glenn. Morning, Susanna. Good morning, listener. And a special good morning to our listener down in Williamstown. Good morning, Albie. You give this man a lot of time, don't you? He likes you, my dear. He wants to, have a, he wants to do a dance with you, the foxtrot and the old slow fandango. So he's dancing. He's a, a law listener of 3CR. He's also a dancing aficionado. So hello, Albie. And he's into the fandango. I'm not sure about the... Well, the pride of Aaron, that's my He would do that as well. He would do your bush dances. He would do your frugs. He would do all the dancing. Well, was that, was that a dance of the of the 60s, the frug? We called it the frug. Well, it's my accent, sorry. I'd call it, you say We'd frug, I'll say frug. we away. You know, we thought we were so daring. You would have been daring in those days. Frugging behind the couch. I mean, we really thought we were so risque. Well, the 60s was a risque decade. We innocent. Well, the sixties was a risque period. Things things changed in the sixties. It became a the, the era of free love and drugs and experimentation. A apparently, decade of dissent. Was my, one of my children had uh, mm-hmm. a school textbook uh, once yes. in primary school. I think grade six. I used it. <laughs> I used the book for my masters actually. A decade of dissent. That did was you? a book, and who who wrote it? Oh, it doesn't matter who wrote it. Was it Langley? I mean, Langley no, wrote it. No, it doesn't matter. I doesn't matter who wrote it. Was it? Interesting book, though. I did point out a couple of things that weren't quite um, the way they did, but there was an interesting one about um, my childhood in there. About please tell. No, it was just about the, the childhood and where I lived, and two streets away, one of these men talking lived two mm. streets away from me, and we attended the same things in the church and everything. So I mean, it's quite strange. Well, speaking of the nineteen sixties, I'm going to go back fifty years ago to this day in nineteen sixty-seven. That's right, July 21st, 1967. And this was a... We'd seen a lot of people opposing the war in Vietnam. Australian trips were there, American trips were there. We'd seen a lot of faith put in the 1966 federal election, but, you know, Mr Corwell would knock off Mr Mr Holt and Australian trips were in fighting. Well, Mr Holt and Lewis increased their vote. And there was despair and his concerns. I mean, maybe the, the way to change things isn't through voting. So on July 21, 1967, the Monash University Labour Club announced they were going to raise funds for the National Liberation Front of Vietnam, which caused a great scandal at the time. Fifty years ago today, we, um, we'd we seen that this was a, a big step forward in the, opposing the war. Way back in 1965, the Australian Student Labour Federation had voted at their conference in Sydney to have conditional support for the Vietnamese National Liberation Front. We know the Sydney University Labour Club, Sydney University ALP Club, they raised money for medical aid. And that didn't cause a controversy. But the actions of the Monashine Labour Club on July 21, 1967 caused great controversy. Because they said, we're going to raise money for the NLF, we don't care how they spend it. So that was a, a big step forward in the post war this day 50 years ago. I can remember um, chucking in money for a, a cause. 
which uh, was for medical aid and and thinking very smugly to myself, oh, it's only for medical aid, of course. Someone sort of slapped me across the face. You know, you don't give money and say, oh, only you, you can have this to buy socks, but make sure the socks are grey. You know, if you give them, you give money, you give money, you donate, you donate. And if I, of course, it only took me a couple of years and I would have given the money to buy bloody warplanes. Well, that's pretty much what the Monash Labor Club sits on. July 21, 1967, they established what was called the Committee to Collect Medical and Unspecified Aid for the NLF. Because the NLF with a National Liberation Front of Vietnam. Yeah, the that people of Vietnam trying hmm. to fight back against these bastard invaders. The undeclared war with Australia and America and New Zealand were part of. And um, as I said, they've been overtures for two years to have this activity. They've been attempts to raise money for medical supports. Here in Monash Union, I said, no, no, <laughs> we don't care what, how it gets spent. You, we'll give you the money, you choose how you spend it. And there was a huge outcry in Australia. The, uh, the Monash University administration took a whole lot of serious actions to discipline these students. They banned all activities involved with the, with the fundraising. But there's a meeting of Monash oh, University... Why was there such an outcry? Looking, looking back on it mm. now, I, 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 I can mm. you know, you know, remember it. Well, I remember the headlines of the papers that I used to yell at. But why was there such... If I mean, what did they do that so outraged people? Because the National Liberation Front fighting our boys in Vietnam. Our oh. boys who were in Wagner country were... You, you can't criticise our boys in a war, you know, for right or for wrong, they're our boys. Bloody conscripts, that 20-year-old conscripts right. who had no say in the matter. That's correct. That's part of it. This is, this is the period of time where... Now, I actually heard something on the radio yesterday. What's her name? Uh, Rosalie, Rosie Cristoli, who's the Deputy Mayor of Casey, has had a motion passed through Casey Council to bring back conscription. What? You heard me. Casey, where's Casey? Uh, Packham, Cranbourne, Berkeley. She wants to bring back conscription. That's right. Yeah. But then again, Glenn, as mm-hmm. you have pointed out to us, we don't have to bring it back. It's never been repealed. It's never been repealed. It's still there. Remember that, listener. Keep that in mind all the time. They did not, excuse me, look, I've got these big sort of tonsils and they're making my voice sound strange. Remember that that conscription, that's never been repealed at any right. time. Any government can turn around and say, you get a haircut. Yep. In, in, in in the army, make a man of you. We don't even care if you're a woman. We'll make a man of you. The laws Mr Menzies had passed in 64, 65, the National Service Act has never been repealed. Anyway, the, this was the period of time Australian boys were fighting in Vietnam against the, the godless yellow hordes. And the Monash they weren't fighting the godless yellow hordes. Well, according to the Herald Sun, they weren't. It was, but it was Vietnam. It's not China where the godless yellow peril but is. But they were pulling the strings of godless hordes. Oh, Don't see. you know the rhetoric of the times? I shouldn't know the rhetoric. Well, I remember the domino. We, we both thing. lived in. <laughs> both yeah, but, well, you might have been alive, but you know you were alive, of course. But uh, I was out there getting bashed by the police. Anyway, the Monash University see, Labor I, Club... See, I got bashed by the police before you did. Well, anyway, the Monash Union Labor Club raised money to help the NLF. And as I said, the uh, university administration banned all activities involved with this campaign. You cannot have meetings, you cannot have publicity, you cannot promote your campaign. A meeting of 2,000 Monash Union students got together to condemn the administration of the university. Now, not all the students supported the campaign to raise funding, but I was saying, now, this is our democratic right to discuss issues. Who are you, as the admin, who are sponsors of military and chemical companies, to overrule us how we proceed to act, you know? And it caused big outcries at Monash University and across the campuses. 
in the federal parliament, shock horror. How dare they be these rat bags, these, these reds under the bed, these reds off the beds, these reds out of the beds. Now, they passed the law in the federal parliament called the Defence Forces Protection Act. Defence Forces Protection Act. Which effectively banned collection of all aid for the NLF. Any fundraising with NLF was banned under the Defence Forces Protection Act. And, and what, what was the penalty? Uh, it, it, two it, years. Two years. If you God. were trying to raise money for the NLF to buy, you know, f- rice like rice for the villages, or you know, trying to buy bandages, yeah, bandages, or even stuff like you know, some new car, new trucks for your village to transport your grain, you could face two years in jail. And across all the parliament, every single MP voted for the law, apart from one person, a independent senator from South Australia called Hannaford. From where? South Australia. Now, he was interesting, Hannaford. He was, um, he'd been a Liberal Party senator. He left the Liberal Party in 1967 over the Vietnam War. He left the Liberal Party in February 67 over the Vietnam War. He took part in demonstrations opposing the war. He attended a demonstration on October 22nd against the war. And in Parliament, October 24, he was speaking about the demonstration. He had a heart attack and died. Now, I don't know much about this chap, but he took a principal stance against the war and sadly died. But everyone else in Parliament, the ALP, the Liberals, the DLP, they voted for this law, the Defence Force of Protection Act. And the the Monash Union Labor Club helped push the anti-war movement further to the left. It opened new levels of debate, yes. new activities. Mm. And, um, so I suppose then, Glenn, mm-hmm. that, that uh, divorce... The Defence Services Protection Act is yeah. still on the books there. That wouldn't have been repealed, would it? Uh, I'm not cognizant of that. I'm, as I said, the National Service Act wasn't repealed. The Defence Forces Protection Act, it possibly is still in place. I mean, I'm not aware if it's been changed. But again, you look at the names of those leaders of the Monash Uni Labor Club. I mean, Albert Langer, Michael Hyde, Jill Jolliffe, Dave Nadel, all people who played a key role in the president of Vietnam. Anyway... The Monash University Labor Club action sort of pushed the boundaries of the movement further left. Um, the Melbourne Union Labor Club also voted to give aid to the NLF. But the Melbourne Union Labor Club was a bit more, uh, what's it, circumspect. Facing they'd only give medical aid, not unspecified aid. Uh, Doug Kersner, who was a president of Melbourne Union ALP Club, said, We support medical aid because it's a good idea. It's a symbolic gesture. And there was conflict with Monash and Melbourne Union over these times. But again, this was a period of time when the opposing the war in Vietnam started moving further to the left. And it's only, as I said, 50 years ago today. And we've forgotten these things. We have a very proud history and a very recent history, which I don't seem to remember anymore. And um, yeah, so 50 years ago today, Monash Union Labor Club voted to raise funds for the National Liberation Front who fought to liberate Vietnam from foreign invaders. Yes, mm. yes, indeed. No, I was, I was thinking that that's, that's still on the books, that defence. Well, we, we can still be conscripted any time, any time. Mm. And possibly that uh, Defence Forces Protection Act is yeah. still there. And when we're looking at mm-hmm. a great big Führer tuba doesn't becoming, oh, my God, of all people, mm. this insane new, these insane new powers granted mm. this to this Queensland copper, mm. well, who knows when Dr. might turn around and say, look, I am conscripting all you people. Maybe he might think 
uh, people who protest against the torture being imposed on refugees would be better off in the army and then he can ship them all to uh, where are we fighting this week? Oh, back to Syria, I suppose. Mm. Well, as I said, I heard the interview on the ABC radio last night. Rosalie Christoffi, or Christoffi, her cup, something like that. She's the deputy mayor of the city of Casey, and they have voted to re-introduce conscription. Now, she's the, one of the leading figures in the Rise Up Australia party as well. So we know Rise who they are. That's right. We know who they are. They're one of those groups which has um very strange view of the world. But she believes the World War Three is just around the corner. Well, yes. it is with people like her running around. Well, she's saying she has two children, but she's concerned for their well-being. But, you know, the best way to protect them is to have the armed forces strengthened. And conscription is the best way to strengthen the armed forces. So the best How can you argue that logic? Well, it's the same logic as uh, George Bush, George W. Bush had when, when he had what was called uh, what was uh, proactive defence. Pre- yeah. Well, the best with defence is offence, they say. Yeah, so the way to, well, to defend America was to launch an all-out attack on some other countries. Before and they did. They, before they knew what was going on. But they did that in Iraq. Because Iraq apparently had some sort of weapons of mass destruction, which we never found. But the story was they had those weapons. And, well, that's um, a dirty, he never had any. We always said that. We said that on 3CO. We, many, many people said it, of course. Millions globally said it. Yeah, where are, look, oh, look, don't start me on that bloody war in Iraq and what, what I'd like to do to those three bloody cowboys. Sorry, the two cowboys and their cringing little deputy. That's <laughs> Bush Blair and the deputy Howard. Well, what he did, now, what was the title he used to describe the Australian role in the South Pacific? Did he say we have a US deputy in the region or something that's yes, term he used did. along those lines? Yes, and we were the deputy, the deputy. Hmm. The deputy issue. What must the people of Fiji and Tonga and Aotearoa think about Precisely. these little white, scared little white nation in that the Asian region? Scared little white Howard. But we are a scared little white nation. We've always had this fear of the, of the unknowns, of the differences, you know. The people who are different from us, those who are, you know, different coloured skin, they have a different language, a different, different religion. They don't, they don't worship the same flying spaghetti man. They have a different flying spaghetti man to worship. They sort of be different. They have a different flying spaghetti man, I mm. suppose they do. They do. Well, some people have falafels and some have, you know, rice. But they're all similar to flying spaghetti men because they all live in your imagination. Not a real. Look, truly, I'm I'm seriously considering taking up uh, the religion of uh, Pastafarianism. Well, yes, it's um, yeah, well, sorry, Pastafarianism. You can try that. Yeah, it's you plenty of carbohydrates there, full of energy. Well, someone just a few months back, some um, woman who's a, a you know, practising pastafarian, mm. pastafarian. I'm not sure what their practices are, listen, but I'm sure it's only for the good. I'm sure it's only for good. Uh, she won the right to wear a, 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 a colander on her head for a passport photo. Why not? Because it was a religious... Uh, uh, the people can have turbans. God, would we've had to fight to have bus drivers allowed to wear turbans. There's a church with the pastafarians up in Nicholson Street, North Carlton. Is, a, Is there really? Mama Marie's, Mama Marie's homemade pasta. Does oh, that sound like a church or an outpost? No, that's not a church. That's a shop. Well, it's a, oh, hang on. If it's pasta and they're pastafarians, what more appropriate setting would you have? If you can't practice pastafarian in a pasta shop, where can you practice pastafarian rites and customs? It sounds pretty good to me, actually, pastafarianism, if you want hmm. to be. Uh, well, it sounds better than Jedi Knight. I'm not sure of Jedi Knights. No, no, too, too too aggressive for me, whereas the pastafarians don't seem to go in for aggression at all. They, they like to... 
uh, sit around in the sun, really, and chat to each other and listen to music. And sh- and they're good at sharing, like they share their cigarettes. I've seen them sharing the same, you know, sort of cigarette. But do they share the pasta? I'm sure they share the pasta. They share the love, man. They share the love. What, what, is there, isn't there offsprings of the pasta fairy, like the Catalonians and the Macaronians? They like some sort of breakaway groups. Come now, Glenn. Oh, I'm just now. asking. I'm just curious. I mean, if, if you don't ask, you don't know, my dear. That's what I'm asking. If any listener knows, they can let us know. They can give us a ring on 419-8377. You don't mean 9419 I'm showing. Well, there well, you the go. Well, the prefix is you know, often bypassed. It's been there for years, hasn't it? Nine, At least two decades. Nine four one nine eight three seven seven, And you can let us know if there are little breakaway groups or subgroups of, you know, the the pastafarians. It's probably the best religion around if you have to have a religion. I personally don't want any of them. I don't want to have a bar of them. And the next person who knocks on my door who knocks on my door and tells me that they have, I'm warning you on radio so you're ready, listener, for mm. when you see my name in the paper and what I've done. Mm. The next person that knocks on my door telling me about some imaginary friend they have and telling me, you know, I am going to clock them. I'm, they're, they're on my property. The point is, I, I got very, I've been very angry with those Mormons for many years, but I, I'm really running out of places to hide the bodies. But the next one that comes, I'm going to physically assault them. I'm sick to death of them, totally. Mm. Um, the last one was only a few weeks back when I said, be off my front veranda by the time I count to five or I will let Vladimir out. Was Vlad chained up? Vladimir was uh, not chained up, no, but he was in the other room. Was he awake? And I heard the scrabbling of feet when he heard his name. He must have thought it was dinner. (laughs) And when you hear that scrabble of animal claws on the wooden floorboards, listener, you think, oh, look, that could be a mastiff. It could be. It could be a mastiff. Vladimir is not actually a mastiff, and he's not an Irish wolfhound either, but he's He's a a fearsome, fearsome, full of good critter when he gets fired up. Yes, he is indeed. I've, I've got the scars to show it, but so if, Lord. if so, if you hear listener, of, you know a woman being charged with um, murder, or actually with charge murder with, most unbecoming, or with you know charged with grievous bodily harm on some poor unsuspecting pair of men. They're men. They're men that knock on my door. How dare they? It's just the point of their men knocking really turns me off to start with. You know, unannounced, un, un, uninvited, and definitely unwanted, unbloody wanted. But the next one that comes, I'm really going to, I'm going to hit them with something. Really? Not my fist, I'm going to hit them with something. I have a large stone owl sitting near the front Don't door. Break that. that I, it won't break. Okay. It's too heavy to break. In, in Celtic, as I said to you, in Celtic culture, the owl is a revered animal. Yeah, it's the owl revered can, in many cultures. The, the owl, owl can think outside of a square. It's a wise creature. And, um, yeah, I, I Hecate, like the owl. Hecate is the mark of the owl. Then, maybe you're right, I might damage the owl, so I'll use uh, the top of my mortar. I've got a very large mortar and pestle. I'll, yeah. use, I'll use the top of my mortar and say, look, I was just grinding up a couple of 
you know, Heads. a couple of coriander roots here in my near my front door, and these two men approached me and started babbling at me. I told them to leave, and they wouldn't leave, so I threw it at them. I didn't know he had such fragile bones. Well, it's his fault. In his temple. I mean, they are so intrusive, these people. They're going, goodness me. When was the last time you saw a progressive Mormon? That's <laughs> a bit of a contradiction it in is. terms it there. It is. And it's designed to be a, a contradiction in terms. Because, Dave, during the Vietnam War, which is only, it's only 50 something years ago, the churches, the churches all came out apart from a handful of individuals. All churches supported the war in Vietnam. All, Not in Collingwood, they didn't. As I said, it might be a handful of individuals. The Catholic, well, one of the main spokespersons for the Catholic Church, Mr. San Maria, oh, well, was a very you. vocal exponent of the war in Vietnam. Just oh, like the yes. godless communists coming oh, down. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, yes, you've taken oh, me back. Oh, what point of view Sunday morning regularly oh, for many years? Oh, I, you've taken me back, right back to where, um, with a friend who shall remain unnamed, mm. uh, we were outside the zoo. What well, better, better place to be? Those big brick walls outside the do outside the zoo. Well, he was painting Santa Maria draft dodger mm. when one of those blue cars with the light on the top. I've seen those before. Turned up with a friend, another car. They were two friends, and he said to me, "Run, go," and I did. Into the lines cage. Well, I left. No, we were outside the zoo, and I was stopped by the second car by the car's friend, and. Um, they just had a chat, a word with me about how silly I was and how I should go home and listen to my father. Did they give you a lift home? No, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I just zapped up and got the tram home. My, one does. My, so I didn't even get a slap on the wrist. And my friend really only got a, a, a slap on the wrist too. But it was true. Santa Maria draft dodger. When Next you... time they, they, they actually caught me riding on the wall of the zoo, I was riding Felix is, 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 is a cat. But isn't it interesting, over the years, when it comes to public figures, political figures, but the most vocal exponents of the war, none have ever seen action. No, I mean, we discuss Menzies often in the past. You know, When the First World War commenced, he was an officer in the Melbourne University Roth Brigade, and he renounced his commission. He had to study law. Well, mate, you're in the Roth Brigade, you're an officer, the war started, you've been trained for war. Are you renouncing your role? You're setting up a young man to go and fight. Mr. Mr. Magoo, he didn't fight any wars. Um, George W. Bush in America, he, um, his uh, records disappeared from national service, you know? He, uh, didn't he leave Ronald without... Ronald Reagan. Didn't, didn't he leave without asking? His papers disappeared. He did, he, he left without asking? He deserted. Oh, that's a cruel word. Well, that's a, that's a euphemism for leaving without asking. Oh. Ronald Reagan... What war did he fight in? Oh, I've seen him fighting in a hundred wars and same all wars sorts, as John sorts of films. Same wars as John Wayne fought in. You so, know? Yeah, the same ones. They both fought the same wars in Hollywood and MGM Studios, you know. There was one actor who'd actually been in the wars. Audie Murphy was yeah. a famous one. He won the Purple Heart. Oh, look, they all won a... Every soldier won a Purple Heart, well, didn't uh, Audie Murphy was a highly decorated one. He, he was... He won more. He was a... He fought in the invasion of France and Germany in 44, 45... He died in 1971, Audie Murphy. Yes, he won medals for actual bravery yes. under fire. Yes, he, he was um, a very brave man. Whereas, yeah. it, whereas anyone who stubbed their toe or got the right, well, they were given a purple heart. Peter Menzies, the man who... <laughs> the man who Jeff Kennett, sorry, sorry for he, saying that. He no. was in the CMF, wasn't he? He was in some. And he? it was CMF. Was the um? Oh, was it, no, he was in that show. He was in, I think, Malaysia. We had strange trips to Malaysia. They didn't actually see action. 
And he was based in Malaysia. So Jeff, That's where those stories came out about him, what a bloody sook he was. Oh, A-grade sook, you know. But again, it, look, I... I always look at contradictions. Butterworth. Fort Butterworth. Yeah, it's Butterworth, the Air Force was up, up yeah. near Penang Butterworth. Yeah. Why is he a bit, why was he a big player in um, Beyond Blue, you know? The amount oh. of depression he's caused, he has caused such mental health issues among Victorian people. He becomes this, this spokesperson, this, this self wanted spokesperson Beyond Blue. Oh. I'm going to do a story in a few weeks on this show. About it's a, Beyond Blue. No, about a, a very famous Australian political figure who suffered dreadfully from mental health issues, whose mental health issues were never discussed at the time, who overcame those issues. And, you know, acknowledging, you know, mental health issues are quite prevalent. At any and given time, one in five of us are suffering mental health issues. One in five of us are suffering mental health issues. And they time. have bloody Jeff Kennett sitting up there on Beyond Blue. I mean, that's just contempt. That is showing contempt to people who suffer mental health problems. But now, look, I don't mm. want to be silly. Don't be silly, please. And I don't want to you know, sort of judge anyone by the way they look because we don't do that. No, not a through But seriously, have you seen Jeff Kennett of late? I try not to. I, that's, yes, what, that's, that's what the remote control's for. That's what remote control. Oh, we're changing channels now. But I mean, his head, he was bad enough to start with. Look, He's I, like a troll. I, I, there are people I, I avoid seeing. He's one, uh, that Prime Minister Mr Magoo is another one. You just think, oh, here we go, it's a channel. It's, it's oh, yes, I've, I've seen Howard turning up now and a couple of times later on the TV. It really yeah. makes me cross. There is a what reason. A thing he there is. is a reason that my doctor has told me not to watch the news. In fact, if I can avoid watching anything on TV, the better she, she has said to me, just stick to your Netflix. I told you, oh, I did the show on your program last year about the um, the Howard family dummying for the big companies in, yes. in New Guinea, how they brought land. Bunch of crooks. They brought land on the sly from the big companies to dummy on behalf of the big firms who divvied up PNG. So, look, Mr. Howard, Mr. Kennett, please, we're not part of the 3SR community, but listen, you're part of our 3SR community. Yes, you are. You pledge to keep us on air, so don't forget, if you're pledged and haven't, for whatever reason, managed to pay up, please pop in here to 3CR in Smith Street, Collingwood, or give us a call on 03 9419 because 3CR is your only radio left. Want to support 3CR's diverse and independent voices? Well, it's not too late, and we still need your support. Donate now by calling 9419 8377 or donate online at www.3cr.org.au or post us a cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. Yeah, it's not too late. A good choice, isn't it? That ad sounds far more dulcet than my, my cracky old voice. So thank you. And Albie, you've paid your money. So let's be like Albie. And when we pledge, we pay our money. We keep 3CR, the radio, which is our community radio, the Vox Populi for us here in Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne. I want... Just testing my tones. I, I, I'd like to ask to... Um, Jeff Kennett's up to something. Some business he's got, and there's a problem there. I'll, I'm, I'm Crown Casino. There's issues. There are issues at the Crown Casino. With is it the Sparkies are having their their wages and conditions run down? Is it love a CUB dispute? Is something to do with what's it got to do with Kennett though? He's a shareholder. 
He's one of the big shareholders here. Really? Are, I could be wrong. I, I'm, I've seen snippets of stuff, so I'm, I'm surmising, sorry. Are you not saying that he's a shareholder in Crown Casino? No, I didn't say that. The he's Premier a, who pushed and shoved it down our throats. a corporation linked. Again, I'd happy care what I say here. There is some linkage of Mr Kennett and issues pertaining to the employment conditions of staff there. At the Crown Casino. Correct. I wonder what he has to do with Crown Casino. Well, listeners, if you know, please When you recall this, this, when he was Premier, mm. how he insisted on how Crown was going to be so wonderful for us, and we said, oh, surely you must have some vested interest in it. Shock horror. And No, he said, never. Why would he do that? After all, he's a politician. He's only there for the good of the people. Aren't they all? Aren't they all? Aren't they bloody all? Oh, I'm sorry. Just I, I have not recovered from Jeff Kennett. He blighted my life and set me back so far back in history of trying to start again that I'll never catch up now. Well, but don't, don't, don't mind yourself because you're still here. I'm still here. We're still here. You know. And unfortunately, that troll is truly. Yeah, but he he's no longer the Premier of Victoria. The people of Victoria said, "Okay, sport, you've had two terms, and um, we're going to say to you, hit your bike, hop on your bike, and he's gone." Uh, look, hit the road, Jack. Hit the road, Look, he, he left the trailer havoc behind him. Yes, and we still <laughs> and haven't fixed I, it. I was part of a, I was one of those who lost jobs. But the good thing is, we're still here. Well, I lost three jobs, you know. <laughs> I've got less than pleasant memories, Mr. Kennett. Anyway, he, as I said, I don't know why Beyond Blue have him as a figurehead. He's caused more depression. You know, that's my... I wonder what it pays, that job. Too much for him. I wonder what it pays. Julia Gillard's a current head well, of Beyond Julia Blue. Julia can do a better job. Well, anyone could do a better job. Than, so why don't they don't have someone who understands something about the issues? It wouldn't be him. And it wouldn't. Certainly wasn't him. Oh, but truly, listen, if by chance you see this horrible troll. sort of troll head suddenly appear on your television and it's got a vague resemblance to someone you may have seen before... Change channels. It, yeah, but it's Kenneth. Now, I said, I'm not picking up someone because of the way they look. Good Lord, but no. seriously, that, he would frighten children. He does. He would frighten them just that, you know. Oh. The thought of his name. Anyway, let, let's make it a Jeff Kenneth free zone. It is 3CRB community radio station, Melbourne's only. I'm going to go now. I believe at the bag man and uh, I think maybe I might be here also. So until I return next, in a fortnight on Sudan, that's what he's left after breakfast. Or more can I say than Chocula? Chocula. Hoi there, shipmates. This is Captain Trash from the Port Phillip Echo Center in St Kilda. Did you ever hear the crow in the sky going, Ah, ah, ah? That stands for reuse, reuse, recycle. And you heard it first on 3C. We will not negotiate with minor state of title government or anyone on, on our culture, on, on our land. You know, if people say, oh, you're going to finish up with nothing, well then so be it. But at least our hearts will tell us that we did not sell out our country and our culture and heritage for a few scungy dollars. Subscribe to 3CR so that your dollars support Indigenous voices and the struggle for land justice. For Aboriginal people, the greatest grief of all is seeing the country destroyed. And somewhere along the line, we have to realise that we don't actually have the right to do that, that nothing we've ever done has given us the right to do that.
Now, you know where I stand on this, because I'm so simple-minded, I think we've just got to admit that this is an Aboriginal country. Just do it. Well, good morning, Bagman. What a nice little uh, hat you're wearing this morning. You get some, you've got some really fantastic headgear. Yes, I do, Susan. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, listeners. And the unfortunate news for you this morning, and I'm not too sure whether you know, is that the likeable, uh, very likeable uh, Irene Bolger is out earning a, a, a fair quid today, oh. probably 10 o'clock in the forenoon. I thought some... you were going to tell me something awful. Well, yes, well... Well, did you know that? She wasn't going to be making an no, appearance in no, the studio I didn't, today. But, I didn't know, no. but, but, but you never know with these legal people it's, That's you know, right. when, they can, when they can be there. I don't get called out at all. I was a night to um, defend people and whatever. And community lawyers I have a lot of time for. Some other lawyers I don't. Um, so anyway, so the delightful and very likeable uh, Irene Bolger won't be making an appearance today. I wanted to say, listener, when I mentioned the bag man's lovely headgear, I thought for a moment when I first saw it he was wearing a Carlton United Brewery cap because, <laughs> because I could see very clearly C-U-B. And I thought, hang on, what's that flag? And then I realised it's C-U-B-A. Yes, a delightful little hat I picked up in uh, in Cuba all those years ago and a lovely place to visit if you ever get a chance before the Yanks uh, muck it up and get in there again again um, take a trip to Cuba uh, Viva Cuba Libre Cuba Libre yeah it's good uh, good place for having a drink and walking <laughs> around oh yes good place for having well that, oh yes well that could be bloody anywhere yeah. well anywhere you want to make it um, anyway. Don't forget, it's five o'clock somewhere. Five o'clock, the yard arm or something, isn't it? Yes. Five o'clock somewhere in the world? It's five o'clock somewhere. I, well, I drink alcohol, but I never drink alcohol uh, before 5.30 every night. Yeah. At could... 5.30, I head to the fridge. I get a, a bottle of black beer. Um, black beer? Black beer. Well, maybe we should... Call it coloured beer. No, um, no we, we don't call it coloured. That's a no, we, silly word. Is it? And it's an American word. Oh, right. Well, head for the fridge uh, around about 5.30 and get out a stubby of black beer and go for my life. You can't get much sense out of me after one or two or three or four of those. Because it's five o'clock. You have to... Because it's five. <laughs> yeah. But as, as I always say, it's five o'clock somewhere. That's right. If you're not, if you're not drunk by five o'clock, there's something wrong with you. Oh, you don't mean that. Look, kiddies might be listening. It's That's school right. holidays. Oh, talk about kiddies. Talk about strange people. I see that the Scientologists have got their claws into people. And now I've got to be very careful. They threatened to sue me once. Yes, they so threatened I, to sue me too. Yeah, I know. But they I came did. very close to suing me. Yes, and uh, they were within their uh, realms of uh, suing people because I called them a sect. And they are not a sect. They are a registered organisation that pays no tax and whatever. Oh, and my problem was I call them a cult. Oh. And I take that back because they're not. They're a religion. They're a, they're a religious organisation. They're a church group or a very large church group. And I'd had, 
I should never call them cult, and you shouldn't call them a sect bag, man. And we will never ever make that mistake again. We you have sure learned. won't. We've learned our lesson. But we know that they're not. They're an actual real church, yeah. and as you say, who pay no tax. Yeah. Um, the other people that have threatened to see me, besides the uh, the Jewish board of sheriffs and whatever, was uh, the scouts. Um, really? Yeah, I actually said that the scouting organisation was a training ground for pedophiles. Oh, bag man, how, you didn't. How right I turned out to be. Um, um, anyway, <laughs> we're not going to get sued. We've been sued by the best. We have, yeah. Been by sued the very by best. The best. Yeah. Anyway, they've been targeting Victorian schools with propaganda about the dangers of psychiatrists. Now, that falls into your category. You are, yes. I think you were a psycho- psychiatrist. Psychologist. Psychologist. Mm, I've still got my membership with the MAPA. Have you? Yes, I pay. It's you got cost- one of them things on the wall that says, See, Dame Susan Duffy, psychiatrist? <laughs> no. no. No, but I have a number of things on my walls. I should, but I does have member. It's MAPA. Oh, good. I've got MA. It's Australian Psychologists Association, and I pay just to keep it up, even though I, I don't. Um, you don't practice. Practice, oh. but not a psychiatrist. That's a different thing. You have to be a doctor of medicine before I'm, you're a become a psychiatrist. Got no idea. You're a doctor I'm, of medicine first. Right. A psychiatrist can. Um, Get out a, a chisel and start chipping away at your brain. Really? They're, they're medical doctors. But you're a psychiatrist. No, psychologist. Psychologist. Very different things. I know why I've been coming to the studio for 38 years, um, and I've always thought of it as therapy, but you've been guiding me in the right direction, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I've been helping you along. I've been listening to you. For 38 years. I've been listening to you and seeing and asking you to confront these issues that you have. I haven't been guiding you in anything. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not giving you shock treatment. I'm not strapping you to a chair and throwing buckets of ice-cold water over you. I'm I'm not putting you to sleep for... You know, for forty-eight days at a time, whatever else they do, I'm not. I'm not cutting out bits of your frontal lobe. I'm not a psychiatrist. But apparently, that's all coming back. Remember, oh, it can't come no, back. It, but it does. Remember, there was a was it Chelmsford? Chelms, Chelmsford. Chelmsford yeah. that used to uh, um, give people shock treatment. They put them in a coma. Yeah, for three and four days at well, a time. Apparently, they're saying that uh, that might be on its way back. Really? Next yeah. thing we're going to have <coughs> bloody shock. We're going to be putting electrical currents through people's brains next, aren't we? Well, or getting I... the circular sore out on their temples, on their frontal <laughs> yeah. lobes. Anyway, uh, oh uh, my god, what a horrible! The thought. Scientology Church has been church. The Scientology Church, yeah, flooding schools with propaganda about the danger of psychiatrists, antidepressants, and ADHD medication. Apparently, has prompted uh, the education minister Jimmy Molino to urge principals to toss out the. CD letters, the CDs, letters, and glossy, glossy pamphlets from the Scientology group. So, what right do they have to give things to our schools? Well, be aware, folks. They're out there. They're at the school gate. Yeah, so, but why? Are, well, they're at the school gate. It doesn't give them a lot of people at the bloody school, school gate. gate. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you let them in. That's right. Uh, be aware, folks. Be aware. It'd certainly be aware. Look, if your kids come home with any glossy brochures <laughs> yeah. or similar from school, have a look at them. Send them back to school. Well, just that you don't want church um, 
groups, or any sort of church groups, particularly church groups, which I mistakenly once thought were a cult, but, you, but they're not, they're a church. Mm. You don't want any church getting into your kids' brains at an early age or at even an adult age. Mm, yeah, what, a, how dare they? We send our children to school to be educated. We don't expect... Them to be brainwashed. Churches yeah. to come in there. Well, it's a recruiting tool, I suppose, Susan. A recruiting tool for people um, who are initially de- demented um, in the first place, that children they would join a church though, like yeah. Scientology. And, of course, there have been some high flyers involved in Ooh, that church. Yes, there have. In, they are in that church, aren't they? Like Tom they, Cruise. Tom Cruise. I think there's a He's famous... In that church. I think there's a famous singer from Melbourne. Really? Um, Sobrano? Kate Sobrano is a member. James Packer was a member at one stage. James Packer. Well, you'd think he'd have enough money to not worry about the afterlife and not that these people are sending you to the afterlife. I don't know where this... Well, first of all, they send you to the bank. Um, Then they send you... Hope that you make it into the afterlife. If any church um, does that, it doesn't matter what church it is, they send you to the bank. Well, it's their, it's their job. Yeah, it's, well, you go to the afterlife via the bank, don't you? Yes. and uh, It's always been that way. And you put you put into the plate as it, as it slides past you on Sunday morning at the 10 o'clock mass. Your chance <coughs> will sound a bit like mine. <laughs> Sounded like a, a bit like, um, what's your name, Father Bob there for a minute? Oh, please. No, <laughs> I, no my problem is Bagman and listen, dear listener, you... You are so tolerant of me, uh, of, of both of us. Um, I had to sit in the outpatient's waiting room in St Vincent's on Mondays. Oh. And uh, while I was sitting in that outpatient's room, well, you know who goes into outpatients in St Vincent's? People who have appointments. Sick, sick people. Sick people. That's why I don't go to hospitals. They're full of sick people. And somewhere, someone amongst those sick people had a particularly aggressive germ, I think, because oh. on Tuesday I thought, I feel a bit strange. I'm not oh. my normal bubbling fizzy self and it's not even five o'clock. And gosh, you know, Wednesday morning I woke up, my tonsils were as big as basketballs again. Really? And I thought, See, that's a germ. Whenever a germ comes to attack me, my tonsils... Inf- oh, they in- go first. They in- in- inflate themselves and say, non pass that on, you're not going, <laughs> not here. So I'm, my tonsils save me every time. Mm. And that's why I'm so lucky to have tonsils and why my heart bleeds for four, all you poor people. Including who, me. Whose parents were brainwashed and beaten, beaten into having the tonsils removed from their children for no other purpose than that uh, the doctors could build themselves a, a, a house extension. We got ice cream afterwards. What oh, did I... we have to complain about? A couple of days in the hospital eating ice cream and talk about that age, uh, age uh, of the outpatient section of St Vincent's Hospital. I've been there so many times. I yeah. think I've, I've carved my name a chair into there. the beach. Yeah, it's it's a bagman chair. It's oh. in the uh, red clinic actually. While I was waiting, well, the red in, clinic. Oh yeah, well, 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 because I was waiting in the, the blue clinic. That's where I encountered a germ, but it was. But it's the red clinic. Oh. It's a chair. When you go in you, to your left, back up against the wall, there's a particular chair there, and it's carefully inscribed. It's got a little plaque, and it says the bagman. Oh right, I'll have to go and check it out. Oh, I'll take a photograph. Maybe next it's time due for a, a bit of a paint over, a bit of a polish. I think. No, but I always watch that and, and I notice that with respect to people 
don't sit on it with oh. from respect. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably for the right reasons they don't sit on it. Uh, look, uh, getting on to something serious, uh, Susan. I see that your favourite, your favourite uh, political party have been uh, people been dropping off like flies <laughs> after a spray. My favourite political party. Yeah, the Greens. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 like dropping off like flies after um, being sprayed with a, a dose of more team. Um, and I think three of them, it might be up to three of them now who have resigned. And, you know, I always said about the Greens, and I'm sorry to all my Greens friends out there, that Greens have dual citizenship anyway. Every Green member, that they have a, a citizenship for Australia and they have a citizenship for Utopia. So they've always been um, dual uh, member. Uh, Dual membership, dual citizenship holders, but it's a, it's amazing talking about. And I must, I'm going to say very quickly that I, there are a number of uh, green politicians whom I personally support and I admire, yeah. like Colleen Ardlin for that's a, right for starters. Well, she started off washing dishes at Parliament House. She did. Can picked you believe up, that? Picked up a little bit of gossip along the way there too oh, when she? she was wheeling trolleys of dishes into the lifts, and no one ever noticed her. You know, you don't notice the kitchen staff. You keep. Talking Talking on about whatever without yeah, anyway, but that's beside the point. But yeah. go on. Yeah, no. um, um, uh, well, you can't have dual citizenship for some reason or other. I don't know. And you have to, so you're not beholding to a foreign country. That's right. I think. And not Erica Betts. Not beholden to a foreign country. No, you who's, can't. You can't have dual allegiances. Who's the head of Australia? Um, the Queen. The Queen. Oh, you, she what? She's not a citizen. Well, she's not an Australian citizen, is she? Oh and she's God. the head of this country. Yeah, but she's not in Parliament. But she? she's the head. Ah, uh, but she may as well be. She can overturn Parliament. She can sack Parliament if she so wishes. I think she did one. She did. Oh, we, back in nineteen seventy-five. Mm. So, I mean, but she. So I can't have an allegiance to the Queen. Well, you you have to. You've got to salute the flag and uh, say, "God save our gracious Queen." Long live our noble, our noble queen. queen! Oh, Jesus, that was drilled into us at kids, wasn't it? Even in the Catholic school, oh, yes. yes. March around the quadrangle, um, singing "God save the Queen" and then saluting the flag. I actually we didn't salute them any flag. I, I graduated. I graduated because I got the. Pull up the flag. Oh, I didn't have right. to stand there saluting. I got to hoist the flag. Oh, we never did that with the I flags. Was a, I was a little suck at school. <laughs> Come go. now, bag man. I yeah. don't believe it. Well, anyway. Um, anyway, yes. Are there double standards? Because uh, Erica Betts, been in Parliament for many years, born in Germany, and has some dubious. Um, uh, Ancestry. Well, he that. has dubious ancestry, but we can't hold that against people. No, we dubious can't. ancestry. Well, uh, Eric Abetz was a member of Parliament up until two thousand and ten. Yes. Now he's been in Parliament for about twenty years. Yes. Well, how come he was able to be a member, uh, a, a dual citizenship holder, up until two thousand and ten, while he sat in Parliament? Is he still a dual citizenship holder? No, no, he renounced it in two thousand and ten. But he'd oh, been he well into. Oh, I'd be well into Parliament by then. Oh, yes. I see. Yeah, you see. 
So he had dual citizenship. citizenship up until two thousand and ten, and he would have been perfectly well aware that he had dual citizenship. Well, I suppose he would, but I suppose every politician now would be uh, bringing out their they'd birth certificates. They'd be checking their certificates, them off. wouldn't they? <laughs> no, but um, to be fair, uh, the New Zealand. Wait a minute. Why? These green um, senators. Yeah. Now, give me their names again. Uh, Larissa Waters. She's the one who breastfed in Parliament. Good but, for her. And they were good. They were actually good politicians. Yeah. Scott Ludlam. Scott Ludlam. Yeah. New Zealand. It turned out he had a New Zealand. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Well, if you look they both at, did. if oh. you look at, and I, this is what I was. What a pity Irene's not here to give us. Doesn't matter. She can bring it in next week. The states of Australia, New Zealand is counted in with Australia. I, I would have thought that uh, being a, a citizen of New Zealand was a great honour. Yeah. Uh, considering the, the things they've done politically over the years. Now, but I'm sure that New Zealand ranks the same. I think it ranks before Victoria. I'm sure it would. As mm. No, but I'll, I'll, I'll check that out because I'm... But anyway, but... So that's a bit of homework for Irene, I suppose. And, yeah, and what about that, that absolutely demented man, that lunatic who got 77 votes? Oh, yeah. That man... Malcolm who, Roberts. Malcolm Roberts. Does he... Is he an Indian citizen? I'm not too sure. He was born in India. Was he? Yes, and he was there till he was, you know, in his early teens in India. Jeez, they should have built a wall around India. Make sure he didn't escape. Just did he have to? Did he renounce the citizenship to India, or did he renounce the citizenship to UK? Not too sure. But there's a list of politicians that you would think were dead set white bread, uh, born Being here. White bread, you know, born here in Australia, um, like Susan Lay, I think, was uh, born in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Brendan O'Connor, the minister or the shadow minister for something in the Labor Party, was born in England also. A lot of people were born in different countries. It depends on their age too. There's one out of three people were born not in Australia. Mm. In, in, in Australia, one out of three. A third of Australian population was not born here born in Australia. And I think it's higher now because we've had... Uh, more people coming in from former British colonies, such as India. That's right. And we, wel- we welcome... And we bloody welcome them. We welcome people who come to this country and work hard and help to build the country. Some um, countries keep their... But I, I once knew a young man some years back, and he, had, um, he was born here in Australia. Uh-huh. His parents were Greek, though. They were migrants. Oh, right. And he went on a holiday one year back in the 70s to see Granny in Greece. uh, I bet you I know what happens next. Yeah. What, they grabbed him? And put him in the army. Oh, my God. Said he was Greek. Oh, right. Well, yeah. They said he was Greek and and they put him in the army. There was a lot of trouble to try and get him home, but he ended up serving more than a year in the army, in the the Greek army. What was he doing? Killing Turks, I suppose. Do the Greeks still do that? Yeah, they wouldn't have let get away with it. Been doing it about four. Oh, they're still angry <laughs> about the bloody wine, aren't they? About dropping the pine nuts in the wine <laughs> in the retina. <laughs> oh, it's a lovely drink. Susan. I quite like it's retina, a lovely drink, but and, not till after five o'clock. No, um, <laughs> along with a black beer. Um, I, just before we go on to something else, I heard Glenn talking about the city of Casey. And the, the right wing nutters that uh, run their council. Um, 
I'm afraid uh, my cousin, uh, Rex Flannery, who's a counsellor, uh, <laughs> Casey, actually came out and called for um, uh, national service to be reintroduced, you know, to stop all these young kids of the, you know, bashing people up and stabbing people and carjacking and whatever. You know, that's what I reckon. We should give all those to the army. They've got nothing better to do, to do than try and straighten out these young kids. But anyway... Um, yeah, people still Rex, say Rex was that. a bit of a loner in the family and uh, I'm sure he's going to remain that way. Can't be more. <laughs> can't be a cousin of yours, surely. He was. Oh, I haven't seen him for a few, a few years, but yes, uh, there so you go. I don't want to look forward to seeing him again. But that's insane, isn't it? And uh, people still saying these things. Oh, those young people today, what they need is yeah. chuck them in the army, give them a haircut, give make, them a, haircut. make yeah. a man of them. That's right. And they're still saying that. Yeah. Yep. Just like Socrates said. Well, some some people still live in the past. Socrates did to, live in the past. Some people want to live in the bloody past. <laughs> That's right. Well, tell and, us. sorry, but can you tell me about what, what what is it the young people are doing that's so particularly revolting these days? They're committing crime. They're committing crime. There was never crime in our day. I've never had not one when, crime. No. In our, not one crime in my parents' nope. day. Either. No, not one. Didn't happen. Did, no, didn't happen. Never, never had a poof either. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what Bruce Ruxton said? I'm quoting Bruce Ruxton oh, here. Bruce. When he said that... Do we miss Bruce, don't we? Oh, one less person to laugh at. <laughs> no, but we we definitely... We had no crime in my day. No, there was nothing. Not a crime. So... We cops sitting in the stations twiddling their bloody thumbs and they used to go into knitting competitions. They right. were so bored. So and sometimes used to help old ladies across the road. They were so bored. So... Uh, so when I was growing up, <laughs> and I had a checkered background, and I did spend a bit of time um, in the, in the government institution of higher education, um, I didn't do nothing. I shouldn't have been there, should I? Think about it. Anyway, workers are allegedly being forced to hand over their wages to a Melbourne travel agency in a, in return for staying in the country. Now it's alleged at a company called Abella Travel, which operates agencies in uh, Melbourne and South Korea, is being taken to the Federal Circuit Court over ag- accusations of runner cash back visa scheme. So when uh, people who are overstaying their visas here um, or were just staying in the country, um, if they wanted to uh, have uh, a permanent residence in the country, they had to pay this company, allegedly, um, half their wages. So some of one or two of them paid uh, $18,000 in one year just to stay in the country. Now, you take into account there was a Senate inquiry the other day. It's alleged that 65,000 people come to this country and stay here illegally over 15 years. Yes. They're still here. Well, I uh, know where they come from, most of them, too. Where? England. Oh. Oh, right. I thought it might have been the Chinese and the no, Japanese. It's and always been the English. They always come out here and they don't... They, they take out, our jobs? And they take our jobs and they marry our, our daughters. Oh, or they marry our girls. No, but they... The, the English, they're always overstaying. No one ever cares about them. 
You know, you don't have clubmen slipping up down and coming in bloody palms, do you? No, but you have... Uh, but you can't really pick them in the street, at least not, no, they, not till I open no, your mouth. No, palms. You know, you can pick a palm. But they sort of look like us. They do. Um, but in this <laughs> in this particular case, it was people from South Korea. Yeah, now, well, well, you can pick them in a crowd. <laughs> they all look the same. Well, they don't look English. No. And they don't look like us. No. Anyway. Anyway, according, uh, you know, there are thousands of people on uh, Manus and the Rue yes, who came so here by boat. Legally. No different, no different from an aeroplane, uh, a boat, um, that are languishing in jails um, on those two islands in shocking conditions, yet the border security of Australia lets 65,000 people come here and overstay their visas. Now, we're not against people coming here, long as they don't break down conditions for workers, whatever. If they abide by the law, you're more than welcome. Fair enough. But it must have been, must be a lovely place, Nauru. See the American people that were coming out here to vet um, the people on the route to see whether they were capable of being... Um, uh, granted residence in uh, in the uh, US. In some jail yeah, in the US. Yeah, they were coming here for four weeks. They lasted two. Um, so it says a lot about life on uh, life on uh, Nauru, doesn't it? Even the Yanks couldn't stay for their designated time of four weeks. They probably didn't have any dishwashers. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you've come, you've come across them in your travel shortlist and people from USA. And where they're staying, that they always complain because there's no dishwasher. Oh, really? Oh. They're staying in bloody Tibet. They just come back from Tibet. They've had a wonderful time up there in Tibet. You know, sort of bloody communing with llamas. Lived in a fabulous place up on a peak overlooking all these valleys. Wonderful. No dishwasher. Oh, well. Wow. You know, Tibetans—they're so backward. Um, it's wonder the tourist industry hasn't collapsed. And what's the name of that island in the Pacific? I forget the name, but it's called Easter Island. We normally call it Easter Island because they, because because we're sort of ignorant, as I'm showing, by not knowing its real name. And a lot of uh, people from USA go there too, and they love it. Untarnished, wild country, beautiful surf, no dishwashers, oh, no right. bloody dishwashers. Oh, they even complained about the Faroe Islands recently. No dishwashers. In I the... don't even know where the Faroe Islands are, and I'm sure you're not going to give me uh, yeah, we, geography lesson at the sea. moment. They were, they were part of Norway once, then they were part of Denmark, then they were part of everything. I, I think they now are a republic of their own ah. after World War Two. like a lot of countries got their independence after World War Two. What about... Why are you looking at that clock back when um, you've got no idea listening? No, well, well, He's I, looking I, at the clock. I don't want to overrun our program because uh, Chris Cafty is ah. here and today he's here by himself because he's normally joined by the very likeable... Irene Bolger. It's this word likeable. He's flying by the seat of his pants this morning. Likeable sneaking into your vocabulary. Yes, yeah, right. Likeable and delightful. Oh, thank you. He's, I liked seeing how you learn new words back, man. I commend you on uh, this. I've been taught by the experts. Uh, I heard Gwen talking about the Mormons uh, no. before and you talking about what you're going to do to them once well, they come I've knocking on your door. Well, I've made it quite clear I actually uh, went to a, the- a theatrical uh, I'm sorry, performance. Th- now, they're a church, aren't they? 
Yeah, we, they are. We, oh, yeah. They're a church. They've got a mothership and everything. Yeah, but they're a church. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about them. Either am I, I'm just, but they're a church. Ah, yeah, they're a church. It's another church. Another church comes knocking on your door. I went to see the Book of Mormons at uh, some theatre here in Melbourne. I thought it was fantastic, especially the singing and the dancing and whatever. I'm a bit deaf these days. So sometimes you can't pick up the nuances of uh, what they're saying, but uh, what worth going to see? Cost a cost an arm and a leg, of course. Um, you have to mortgage your house to get there. Well, I was thinking, bag man, of going around doing a bit of door knocking myself, <laughs> and tell people and say, "Hi, I'm here to talk to you today about humanism." Well, I want to talk to you about love and compassion yeah. and humanism. It's a, it's a bit like that bloke from the soccer pool. His name, Harry Bytel. Oh, Harry. You won the soccer pools. Harry will be knocking Look. on your door saying, congratulations, oh, you've won the soccer pools. Look, I'll just grab, I'll just take your money and I'll invest it for what you. What bad luck for those well, poor Well, what people. bad luck for those poor buggers. Anyway, it's 9.59, Susan. Long time, we're well out of here. Yeah, yes. let's go out in the same old way. Why not? Dare to struggle. Dare to win. If you don't fight. You'll lose. Good morning for left after breakfast. But the good times are worth it If we can just You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.